0: Now, a couple of weeks ago, we started a series called Pursuit. and In week one, we talked about the greatest of all pursuits is the pursuit of God. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three. Above all, pursue his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's a pursuit that will never be a waste of time. Amen. And then last week, we talked about diligence is required to realize the results of pursuit. Sometimes we start pursuing God, but we give up way too soon. We're about to get the breakthrough and we just get tired of pursuing. But we got to be diligent. Amen? Pursuing God takes fierce, unwavering dedication to go after Him. Now today, I want to talk about empowering our pursuit. And, uh, you know, in Galatians 6-9, it says, Let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap all a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't get tired, don't give up. Now the scripture promises we're going to reach, we're going to receive a blessing if we don't give up, right? And so, how do you get how do you not get discouraged and and not give up? How do you not quit? Well, I believe that we need supernatural help. Supernatural help is what'll get us through. Y'all agree with that? Supernatural help means we need help that comes From above. We need the the Spirit of God. Our pursuit of God requires supernatural empowerment from heaven. Amen. That's how we get through it. And, uh, And by supernatural empowerment, I mean the Holy Ghost empowerment. I mean the Holy Spirit. You know, like in church circles, we don't use Holy Ghost. The King James says Holy Ghost. And sometimes we think of a ghost like something spooky. But it's not spooky. It's the Spirit of God. Amen. And the Bible says God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. And so when Jesus was about to be crucified and and leave his disciples, he instructed them in Luke 24, 49. He says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. To be endued with power means to be clothed or wrapped. It means to be infused with God's power. How many of you know that's what God wants to do to every one of us? He wants to infuse us with His power. In other words, Jesus was saying, listen, before you try to build a church, before you try to serve me or pursue me, before you do anything, tarry or stay or wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Amen. Now, the promise of the Holy Spirit is to help us walk with God. That's the, that's the promise of the of the Holy Spirit. He's going to help us pursue God. And, and Jesus, before he died, he told the disciples that he would ask the Father to give them a helper. And that's what he said in John 14, 16. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now there's a whole lot right there. Amen. But Jesus assured his disciples that his father would send us A helper. Now, a helper means one to come alongside, one to come alongside and encourage, to comfort, and to help you get through what you're going through. Amen? That's the job of the comforter. That's the job of the Spirit. And notice he said another helper, which means one exactly like the other. Now, how many of you know the first helper was Jesus? And he said, listen, I'm going, but the father's going to send another helper and he's going to be with you. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is taking the place of Jesus's physical presence by being with each and every one of us, wherever we go. He's with every one of us all the time, whatever we're going through. Amen. Jesus has been multiplied in each of our lives. And so this helper, he said, will abide with us, will be in us, and will be with us forever. And in verse 18, he said, listen, I won't leave you as an orphan. In other words, he's saying, I won't leave you without care or encouragement or comfort or protection. And so each and every day that we live, there is a helper that we can receive, a helper that we can tap into that's going to walk right alongside of us through every valley we go through, through every mountaintop we experience, through every hurdle, through every, every transition. It doesn't matter what we go through. You don't have to go through it alone. There's a helper. Amen? And so He assures us, we won't be totally unequipped. We won't be parentless. He said, I won't leave you like an orphan without care. I'm going to be there with you. Now the promise of the Holy Spirit has been with us since Pentecost. And we see the fulfillment of the Father's promise coming to us in the book of Acts. In Acts 1 and 4, he says, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift promise, as I told you before. This wasn't the first time he told them. In verse 5, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now notice the gift he promised was to be baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Lord don't want want to just sprinkle you. He wants to baptize you. Amen. on, He's just the one to just touch your forehead. He wants to immerse every cell in your body in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now notice the gift he promise is fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now think about it one moment with me. If I was preaching right here and all of a sudden this whole building started shaking. And then all of a sudden what appeared like fire rested on each of your heads. And something came running out of your mouth that you didn't know what you were saying, had no control over, and the Spirit of God just began to immerse each and every one of us. That's what happened at the day of Pentecost. But this was the inauguration of the church being endued with power from on high. The promised helper, the Holy Spirit, has been equipping and empowering the church ever since. Ever since. The Spirit is here. So listen, every born-again believer needs to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to help them in their pursuit of God. Amen. Amen. Now, how does the Spirit help us in our pursuit of God? Well, there's a lot and I can't, I can't, I can't exhaust the list. But let me just give a few few ways that the Spirit helps us. In John 14:25, Jesus said, "These things I have spoken to you while being present with you." But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you remembrance all things I said to you. Now, Jesus identifies various roles of the Helper. Number one, He will teach you all things. In verse uh, fourteen twenty six, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. Now, what an incredible promise that the Spirit would teach us all things. See, there's nothing that we can't learn. Because we got the greatest teacher there ever was, the Holy Spirit, teaching us. It matters not whether we went to college for it or not. We could learn anything. There's nothing out of the reach of understanding with the Spirit of God teaching us. He has all the answers and can teach us all things we need to help us get through life. Amen? Isn't that a great blessing right there? Now, a second role is that He will bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. Now, listen, the Holy Spirit helps you to remember things. It helps you remember what Jesus said in the Scripture. Now, you know, sometimes when I need to know what the Bible says the most, I don't have the Bible in my hand. I'm in the middle of some turmoil and I just don't have the Word of God in my hand. But it's nice whenever I'm right in the middle of something and the Holy Spirit will remind me of what Jesus said. Amen? He helps us remember His words so we can be instructed and encouraged in our quest to pursue God. Amen? That's why we need to know the Bible. We need to know the Word of God. So the Holy Spirit can remind us of what the Bible says. Amen? Jesus continues explaining the role of the Holy Spirit in, in John sixteen twelve. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. Now, a third role of the, of the, of the helper is he will guide you into all truth. Now, listen, we have an adversary that is the father of lies. He's a liar. But John 16 says, or third, John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into truth. So the enemy tries to bind us up, tries to torment us, tries to get us off kilter by by telling us lies, giving us falsehoods and deceptions, but the role of the Spirit is to guide us and steer us away from the lies and the deception of the evil one and bring us to the truth of God's Word. Amen? That's the role of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us live and walk in the freedom and the liberty of the truth of God. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free free you know what's an uh, you know what's a, an automatic manifestation of the spirit of god working in your life is a greater of freedom and liberty in your life amen a fourth role of the helper the holy spirit is he will speak and tell you things to come in verse 13 he says he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come the holy spirit is the is the the the, the translator or the, or the, the message sender. He hears what the father says and he sends it to you. He doesn't say what he wants to say. He says what the father says. But he says, listen, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. In other words, he's saying he will tell you the future. You know, people go to fortune tellers, get their palms red and their, their eyebrows red. And I don't know what else, you know, but. You know, because they want to know the future. where the Holy Spirit is designed to let you know. Wouldn't it be great to know what's coming before you turn that corner? But listen, Paul was warned by the Holy Spirit of future hardship. In Acts 20, 23, I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. See, the Holy Spirit allowed Paul to be warned of what was coming ahead. And see, the same Spirit that warned Paul also wants to warn us, give us insight. The Holy Spirit wants us to know things to come. See, that's why when you look at world events, you don't have to look at just and just saddle for what CNN says. The Holy Spirit will tell you what's coming. Amen. Amen? The fifth role of the helper of the Holy Spirit is He will empower you with supernatural strength. In Acts 1.8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, the word power in the Greek means dunamis. And it's where we get the English word dynamite. And so, and it means the miraculous power or the supernatural strength. And so God says, you shall receive supernatural strength. You will receive dunamis. You're going to receive dynamite when the Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to blow things up. No, no, not really. But listen, how do we successfully minister to others and get the Word of God out and reach people that are lost? It's through the dunamis of the Spirit. We can't do that on our own. We need the dynamite of the Holy Ghost inside of us and then we'll be convincing as we minister to others. But how do we get through the trials and tribulations and the temptations and the persecutions and the disappointments and the discouragements that we go through in our life that try to hinder our pursuit of God? The answer is we need the Holy Spirit's empowerment. We need the Holy Ghost inside of us, amen? It's the Holy Spirit's empowerment, His endowment, and that strengthens us, enables us to get through the adversity and the trials and the tribulations of life without throwing in the towel and giving up, amen? Amen. Come on, we can do this, amen? But unfortunately, many of us are struggling to live the Christian life. We're struggling to maintain our pursuit of God. We're struggling to walk with God. We're struggling to keep Him first in our lives. We're struggling just to, to keep our, our life on track. And why is it that we struggle so much in our pursuit of God? I think it's because many of us are trying to live the Christian life in our own strength and willpower and not under the power of the Spirit of God. And we will always fall short. We can just get so far in willpower. We can just get so far in our own strength. How do you stay free from addictions and bondages? I tell you hi, it's not by willpower. It's by the Spirit of God. It's the anointing of God flowing in your life. Amen. That's why you could take somebody that's been in the gutter and in the, in the, in the pits of life for years and years, could be an alcoholic, a drug addict for 50 years, and the power of God comes on them and they're totally transformed. They're totally changed because the power of God knows no limitations and it can change and transform anybody. Amen. <laughs> Galatians 5.22 says, if you are living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So we need to learn how to follow the Spirit's leading and live in the Holy Spirit's power. Amen? Are y'all in agreement with that? Now there are five ways to supernaturally empower your pursuit with God. There's probably a hundred. We're just going to talk about five real quick. One is, learn all you can about the person and work of the Spirit. Learn all you can. You see, some people are not experiencing the empowerment of the Spirit because they've never been taught about the importance of the Holy Spirit. In fact, some people are scared to say the words Holy Spirit in the pulpits, in churches in America. I heard one pastor say that the last advice that his pastor told him before he left home was be aware of anybody that talks about the Holy Spirit. Well, come on, saints of God. That's like trying to, to run the Indy 500 without an engine in your car. Come on, you need the engine in the car. You need the power. Amen. Somebody said, the problem is not a lack of the presence of God in our lives. The problem is a lack of knowledge and awareness of the presence of God. God's presence is here. Paul found some disciples in Ephesus that lacked awareness. In Acts 19.1, he said, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Wow, what a tragedy. How unfortunate that somebody could be a Christian and never be taught about the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you all with me? Now, notice these were disciples. They were Christians. Now, you got to do some, some, the, some theological calisthenics to get around this. The reality is before we can be empowered by God's Spirit, we must be aware of God's Spirit. Amen? It's what made the difference in the disciples in Ephesus. Just learning about the Holy Spirit was all it took for them to get empowered by the Spirit. Listen. I don't know if I'm going to be in this pulpit next Sunday. I could go to heaven before. But if I go to heaven before I get a chance to talk to you again... You need the engine in the car. You need the power of the Spirit in your life. Amen. Come on. You need the, you need the flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen. Come on. We need the empowerment of the Spirit of God. And don't let any tradition, religion, doctrine, or anything rob you of it. Man, you need the Spirit of God in you. Amen. You need to be a Spirit filled believer. In verse 3, so Paul asked, and what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Now listen, learning more about the person and work of the Spirit allowed them to experience a greater degree and dimension of the empowerment of the Spirit. And I believe that some of you here today, listen, I I was raised, I didn't hear a lot about the Spirit of God. I didn't hear much about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. I was 22 when I got saved. I didn't hear much about it until I started coming to church here. And there's some of you here today, you're limited in your knowledge of the Spirit. And you know what I found is anything you're limited in the knowledge of, you're always skeptical of. But the more that you learn about the Holy Spirit, the more open and aware you're going to be of it, and the more you can experience it in your life. Amen? And so I encourage you to learn more about the Spirit of God. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. And if you don't, just say amen anyway. Amen? Now, I just want to mention, you know, I, I just try to keep bringing resources to you, because I want you to be aware the, there's two books here about the Holy Spirit of great men of God that I have great uh, respect for, that have great integrity, that have great uh, balance in their ministry. And I think we got a picture of them. But one of them is, is uh, John Bevere's The Holy Spirit and Introduction. Doug, do we have those pictures? The, the Holy Spirit An Introduction, John Bevere. And then the other one is Robert Morris's, um The God I Never Knew. And so I encourage you, these are two great reads. And I encourage you, read something like this instead of the daily advertising. Because this will help you in your pursuit of God. Are y'all got it? If you got it, say, I got it. And so Jesus said, you're going to know the truth and the truth will make you free. The second way to supernaturally empower your pursuit of God is to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit's work in your life. You know there are things we can do to suppress or subdue the Holy Spirit's work in our life and then there's things that we can do to enhance and encourage the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And see if we're not aware of it we could be hindering ourselves from being Spirit filled to being powered by the Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19 it says do not quench, suppress or subdue the Holy Spirit. Now the exhortation It's not to resist or reject the Holy Spirit's work in your life. For example, if the Spirit nudges you to help somebody, go help them. If the Holy Spirit moves on your heart to minister to someone, minister to them. If the Holy Spirit convicts you about a behavior that is wrong, listen to the Spirit. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Be willing to cultivate a listening ear and don't disregard that still small voice on the inside of you that speaks to you and say, hold up, green light, red light. Paul learned to cultivate sensitivity to the Spirit. In Acts 20 and 22, Paul said, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what happens to me there. Compelled means to be drawn or influenced towards And so Paul recognized the drawing and pulling of the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. Wow! You see the kind of relationship that we can have with the Holy Spirit? And then he so he obeyed the Spirit's promptings. And listen, the more Paul obeyed the Spirit's promptings, then what happened was the more empowered of the Spirit he became and the more effective he was in ministry. And so the more we're willing to flow with and work with the Spirit, then the greater results we will experience. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time the Holy Spirit nudged you? And you said, man, the Spirit is nudging me. See, sometimes even in Christian circles, that, that's, a, that's a, an oblivious thing to us. When was the last time the Spirit convicted you? One of the jobs which we're not going to talk about is one of the jobs of the Spirit is to convict us. To show us when we're doing something wrong. You see. And so if, we, if we're if we not sensitive to the Spirit. It's like the Spirit. We're about to walk on the train track. And the Spirit's saying no don't. The train is coming. And we walk right into the train. And then we need Jesus to heal us. Of the knot we have on our head. Listen. The Spirit's nudge in our life could change our life could transform our life why because it's the helper he's the comforter he's the guide he's the teacher he's the empowerer you know, listen. Whenever I think about this, I would have never been—I would have never left the all field and went into the ministry had it not been for knowing about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's work in my life. There was nobody that called me up and said, "Todd, you're called in the ministry." There's—I no, would have never guessed I would be called to the ministry. I felt the least of the least to be called in the ministry. But when the Holy Ghost calls you, when the Holy Spirit calls you and begins nudging your heart, I'm telling you, you can't resist, and you gotta go where He tells you to go if you want to be flowing with Him. Amen? Amen. And so I'm wondering if the Spirit of God starts working in our life in a greater way, no telling what might transpire in our lives. You know, I remember David Wilkerson. He was praying one day, and while he was praying this, the Holy Spirit said the stock market is going to crash today. When he finished praying, he told his wife, Honey, I'm going down to the Dow Jones. The stock market is going to crash. He went over there just in time to see the stock market crash. Now, some of you are looking at me like you're lying. No, I'm not lying. And I don't think he would lie. And I don't think he would have convinced his wife to lie. But see, when you say when you tell a story like that, in church it seems ridiculous. But folks, you see how far we've departed? You see how far we've gotten away? There, there's, there's a man in this church right now. And he was telling me the story. Him and his wife was taking a ride to, to Houston, I think it was. I can't remember the details exactly. But he knew he had a co-worker that was going skydiving. And while he was traveling, he just felt a strong compelling of the spirit to pray for his co-worker, who was also a Christian. He began to intercede for her. Prayed through and then went on. The next week, when he got back to work, he found out that she had jumped out of a plane and she was having trouble in the air with her parachute not open right at the time that the Lord had compelled him to pray for her. Now, I don't know if his prayer saved her life, but it could have. Come on, are y'all with me out there? But that's the kind of thing the Lord wants to do in our life. If we'll embrace the helper. The third way to empower your pursuit of God is by honor and reverencing the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's a person. Amen. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit has feelings and can be grieved. See, Ephesians 4.30 says, Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Grieve means to sadden or make sorrowful. And so even though the Holy Spirit is the mighty power of the Trinity, it's also sensitive and can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30 said, Don't cause the Holy Spirit sorrow by the way that you live. See, our behavior can either grieve Or invite and encourage the Holy Spirit's involvement in our life. Ephesians 4.29, notice this. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, did you catch that? Just unwholesome talk can grieve the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Listen, we can we could talk bad talk and go to heaven, but we're going to grieve the Holy Spirit in our life. So the more we watch what we say, the more we're going to enhance the Holy Spirit's feeling in our life and not grieve the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Amen. And then in verse 31, he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So I can enhance the Spirit's work in my life by my behavior. So listen, the Holy Spirit is to be treated with reverence, with respect and with honor. Being careful not to grieve or sadden the Spirit. Unfortunately, I think that we've we've made common what is uncommon we made unholy what is holy it's the holy spirit the holy spirit and it's not just this thing oh holy spirit no it's the holy spirit it's to be reverence it's to be respected we're worshiping we reverence we honor respect listen If the president came in, whether you approve of them or don't approve them, if the president walked in here, there would be a reverence because of the office. And we need to cultivate a reverence in an honor of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And the more we honor and reverence the Holy Spirit, not just here in church. I'm talking about, you see, listen, There are places you can go. The Holy Spirit's not going with you. He's going to stay outside the door till you're done. He's not going in there. Amen? Come on, there's there's certain behaviors that He's not just going to be patting me on the back and say, man, that's awesome. No. He's going to be sad and He's going to be grieved. You, You still love us but He won't necessarily be encouraged to be working in our life. The bottom line is the Holy Spirit will hang around those who honor and respect Him. Psalm 89.7 says, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and be held in reverence by all those around Him. Now, I don't mean this in a critical way, and if somebody uses this terminology, I'm not picking at you. But you know, I used to say, I used to refer to God as the big man upstairs. No, He, he needs to be reverence more than that. But it was my relationship with Him that I didn't understand. But see, the more I honor and respect the Spirit of God, the more He tends to to want to be involved in my life. And I think He will yours too. Are y'all receiving this today? Is that okay? Y'all getting this? The fourth way to empower your pursuit of God is by by hunger and desiring to be filled with the Spirit. And and Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your, your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. To be filled means constantly, every day. It should be our desire to be spirit-filled every day. You know, and and it doesn't matter how filled I was yesterday. I leak. Come on, how many of you leak? Amen. I have leaks. I can be feeling the awesome presence of God right here while I'm standing in this pulpit, and in an hour from now I can be grumpy. Come on, somebody needed to hear that in here today. (laughs) Amen. And so. How do you live the spirit filled life? Do like they did at Pentecost. You wait and you hunger to be filled. Remember in Acts one, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Verse 14 says they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, Mary, mother of Jesus and his brothers. And while they were in prayer and they continually sought the Lord. God filled them. That's when the place shook. That's whenever it was supernatural. See, it's amazing the brightness in here this morning as we worship. Why? Because we're, we're hungering after God. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. you see, we're, we're, we're cultivating an atmosphere for the Spirit of God to come. And whenever the Spirit of God comes, we're all encouraged. Listen, there's no reason for us to live empty, depleted lives when the Lord has sent the Helper, the Holy Spirit that said He will be like a river of living waters flowing out of your belly. Amen? There's no reason to. You just lock yourself away with God and stay in there until you feel the rivers flowing in you. Amen? Amen? Luke 11. In verse 9, Jesus said, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone asks, receive. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, the door will be open." How many of you are familiar with that scripture? And we use that scripture. He's saying, He's saying, pray. He's saying, pray. He's saying, pray and ask the Lord for help. But listen, verse 11, the next verse says, Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now listen, I think there's a reason why he said, Hey, listen, I'm not going to give you a snake if you ask for a fish. I think there's something about it's supernatural. It's the spirit realm. And you intellectually, you can't understand it. It's not intellectually appraised. It's by faith. Just like salvation. You open up your heart, it's by faith. And so he says, listen, don't be scared of my spirit. Don't be afraid of my spirit. Don't be spooky about my spirit. It's me. I am spirit. And those that worship me worship me in spirit. Amen. Now, if I was the devil, I would try to make it spooky. I would try to make people in church afraid of it. Try to discount it away. Try to put it aside. Put it on a shelf. Because if they get the understanding of what it really is, oh my Lord, dynamite. Dynamite is on the way. Dynamite that blows up the evil works of darkness. Come on, it's the dynamite of God's Spirit that gives us breakthrough. Amen. Amen. Hunger for. The fifth way to empower your pursuit of God is experience the supernatural the supernatural birth of salvation. Amen. Would you stand with me and let's close in prayer. Let's just take a moment. And let's just be still for just a moment. Just close your eyes. The Bible says when Jesus died, the very first thing that happened is the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. The veil separated the presence of God, the Holy of Holies from the holy place. The Holy of Holies is where the presence of God was. Wouldn't it be a shame for Jesus to die on the cross and make way for us to enjoy His Spirit and His presence, to enjoy the Helper, and we not utilize it? And if there's anything that I hope to accomplish today is to make you, number one, aware of the Holy Spirit. But number two, get you to desire more. You know, sometimes we have a bit. We can be, you know, all just word, just learning the Word, which is which is obviously very important. But sometimes we neglect the Spirit in the quest for the Word. Or sometimes we... We go after the spirit and we neglect the word, but those two come together and those two give us balance in our life. We need the word of God to keep us in truth, but we need the spirit of God to empower us to walk in that truth. Amen. Come on. It's the spirit. It's the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God that brings life. So right there where you are, just begin to open up your heart and just ask the Lord to come. Just ask the Lord to just fill you right now. Now, listen, this all this experience begins with a supernatural birth of salvation. Remember Nicodemus, he was he was a leader and he came to Jesus and he said, how can I get what you got? Well, how can I how can I I enter? How can I uh, know, um, you know, the the kingdom of God? And Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born of the spirit. That's where it all begins That's salvation. It begins at salvation. It begins by surrendering your life. You don't get spirit filled. You need two births. You need the natural birth and then you need the, the, the spiritual birth. You need to ask Jesus to forgive your sins, surrender your life to him. And then the spirit of God comes in you. And now you're ready to walk in the spirit and follow the spirit. And so if you're here today and you've been you've been in church, but you've never really surrendered, you've never given your life over to him, you've never really experienced the spiritual birth, but you're ready to do that today. I want you to do- just raise your hands and say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to be born again. I want to be a Christian. There you go. Sir, I see your hand. Now listen, when you raise your hand, raise your head too. I want to see your hand in your head. Just raise your head. There's two right here. Anybody else? Come on. This is your day right over here. This is your day. This right over here. Listen, those of you that have your hands and head raised, listen, y'all look up here at me. I want you to just do me a favor and slip right out of the pew and come meet me right here at the altar. Just come on down right now. Just come on. Just take this walk. Just take this this walk of faith thank you lord congratulations sir come on just come on down just come on down thank you father thank you lord jesus come on down sir come on down this is your day this is your hour Come on, the spirit of conviction is working. Come on, the spirit of God. If you wondered whether you're hearing from the spirit, you're hearing from the spirit right now. The spirit of God is compelling you to come. It's compelling. Listen, there's others. The spirit of God is compelling you. Just say yes to the spirit. Just say yes to the spirit. Just say yes to the spirit. Just say yes. It's the beginning of a wonderful life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now listen, just from your heart, just pray this prayer with me and say, Jesus. I'm sorry for my sins. Lord, would you please change me? Would you please forgive me? Would you please cleanse me? I want to be a Christian. And I want to live for you. And I need your help. Would you fill me with your spirit? Thank you, Father. For putting your hand on me. And helping me to live the Christian life. I surrender to you this day. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 If we could have a few people come and just just greet these that surrendered their life. And- if you just stay up here for just a moment yeah there you go just talk to God Father thank you for putting your hand of grace upon these right now thank you Lord for just placing your hand of blessing thank you Lord for just putting your hand of favor upon them right now thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus praise you Father praise you Father now listen how many of you desire to be more filled than you are today you know I'm thinking I I know um know i forgot who it was maybe Dale moody or somebody he walked in a factory and everybody in the factory started repenting of their sins and crying out to god because he was so filled with the spirit that's never happened to me what about you but i, I would like i would like to have more of his anointing and more of his spirit in my life so i can make a bigger difference in the kingdom of god i could plunder hell and populate heaven what about you don't you want to do damage to the kingdom of darkness come on we need the dynamite amen let me pray over you. Father, I pray for the release of your anointing and your power right now over every person that is here. Lord, may there just be a greater hunger and a greater thirst and a greater desire for the things of God. I pray in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus and everybody that agreed, shouted and said, amen, amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day.